Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast of The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. Okay, so I've been talking for a couple of different, uh, for a couple podcast episodes about the different types of Christianity, the different types of Christian thinking when we discuss the topic of homosexuality. The first one is traditional Christian. The traditional Christian is Bible-believing believer. These people believe that um, homosexuality is sin. God can deliver us from any sin, um, and we have to um, have our heart positioned towards God, uh, bowing our knee, saying yes to the Bible and and the beliefs in the Bible, knowing that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, that he can redeem us from death and sin. But at the same time, we have to pick up our cross and follow him. We have to follow his teachings of the Bible. We have um, reformed Christianity. And again, I'm not talking about Calvinism at all. Um, there are groups of people that that say that they are reformed Christian. And they mean in the context of uh, homosexuality, thinking that homosexuality is permissible in the Bible. There's certain things regarding homosexuality that are condemned um, using the many Bible scriptures and passages that we have heard of, right? Um, and saying, well, this area is condemned. So gang rape is condemned, right? Having sex with children, it's condemned, but not loving same-sex partnerships and marriages, okay? So that is the reformed Christian. And then there is the celibate Christian. The celibate Christian says, you know what? God cannot change your sexuality. So we have to live a life of celibacy um, and following God. Okay. And so I always thought to myself before I said yes to God, before I said, okay, God, um, I laid down this area of my life, uh, um, the area of homosexuality that I thought I was born into, the only thing I knew when it comes to sexuality. This was who I was. Um, there was nothing else. Um, I did not like dating guys. I dated guys just barely like maybe once or twice for maybe a month or two, not long, but, um, I really considered myself uh, a homosexual and, in that, I followed for a while the teachings of Reformed Christianity. It didn't sit right. Something was wrong. I did the whole rejecting God and just totally walking away from my faith. But in the end, it brought me back down to, I need God. And it wasn't necessarily homosexuality that drew me towards God, like just feeling that condemnation, but it was just the need for a savior because of, um, just every other area in my life where it drew me to repentance. Um, it was the alcohol abuse. It was the, the low self-esteem. It was the self-hate. It was so many other areas in my life where it was like, I need help. And, um, it drew me back to God. And so then I started walking out the traditional Christianity, not even really thinking about homosexuality too much. I was just like, God, I just need you. And it was there that he touched me. And he was just like, it was like a, an atomic bomb is like, is, is what I like to say. And he came in about a year and a half, two years later. And he was like, this is not the life I, I, I have for you, Jessica, living this homosexual life. And my heart was positioned and ready to receive him. And I let it go. And I picked up my cross and I started following God. And I began that, that process of renewing my mind, changing these things about me. Um, and, and he did it very gracefully. Sometimes it 
really hurt and I shed a lot of tears. Other times it was not that bad. So what I want to talk about today is the celibate Christian. Now, this was something that really I was terrified of. I thought to myself kind of growing up, I know I have these feelings towards females. I know that it's not permissible in the Bible, but I could never see myself being a celibate Christian. I could never see myself saying, okay, well, I'll just be alone for the rest of my life because my desire is to get married and have kids. And so that was something that it just didn't sit right with me, you know? And so I was like, well, either God can do this and deliver and change, or he can't. If he can't, then no, thank you. I don't want any of it, right? If he can, then okay. But there's no in-between. Either you're God or you're not God. Either you've done these things in the Bible and you could still do them today, or you can't. And he uh, showed himself just alive and active in my life. Um, And so I want to touch on this topic of celibate Christianity and a little bit of uh, some of the thinking uh, behind this type of thought process, behind this belief system. Now, in all of these different types of Christianity that we've discussed, traditional, um, reformed, and celibate, this does not encapsulate every single thought and idea of people who who fall under these different categories. I'm just giving you different things that I have learned along the way through personal experience um, and through research as well. So um, there's probably a multitude of other things that encapsulate these different belief systems. So the celibate Christian. Now, one of the thought processes with the celibate Christian is, is this, okay? And the thought is, so the, the Greek word for homosexual, which is actually effeminate because homosexual, um, or homosexuality did not exist. Like, like that word did not exist in the Bible, but the translation, the Greek translation is effeminate. So that word is referring to active homosexuality. That is a thought process under this belief system. So it's referred to the active homosexual. So homosexuality is condemned in the Bible. Okay. It is not permissible. And all the acts that we have read in the Bible, they were active homosexuals. Okay. So people that fall under the, the, the belief of a celibate Christian, they think that one, God cannot deliver you from homosexuality, but if you are not active in that lifestyle, then you're okay. Um, a second thought process with that is, um, which one do I want to go to? So God desires, this is a thought process that God desires to make known to us the hidden purpose of his will, but he does it through his witnesses, not through raw displays of his power. This is big. Okay. This is saying that the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit is not the same power that we read about in the Bible. The power today is not the same power that we read in the Bible. And for a moment, I definitely, I definitely followed that thought process because 
Every time that I would pray to God and say, God, deliver me from this thing when I was younger, I never saw it happen. God, quote unquote, never came through. And I've mentioned this before in other podcasts um, or definitely on YouTube that I believe in my life that the reason I really didn't see the, 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 delivering power, the healing power of God in my life was because I was not ready to lay down every area of my life. God says, I want all of you, not parts of you. I want all of who you are. Don't just give me, you know, I'll, I'll give you this part of my life, but not that part of my life. If we're following God, we have to follow God. And in order to follow God, we have to walk in the path that he has set for us. How can we walk in the path that he's set for us if we're trying to go back in another direction? We're going to stay stagnant, right? We aren't going to really go anywhere. And so this thought process that that says the raw display, the displays of God's power, that stuff isn't, you know, here anymore. We, we hardly see stuff like that. Let me tell you something. When God came in and was like, Jessica, this is not the life I have for you. This was definitely a display of his power. I have had a handful of of experiences in my life where God has come in and, and, I haven't encountered him in such a way where it was just life transforming. It wasn't by me reading the scripture and being like, okay, all right, cool. No, it was God showing his power in my life, which changed my heart. Okay. Um, and so in that radical transition from homosexuality to heterosexuality, I've said this a million times. I'll just say it briefly again. Um, I was in my living room and, you know, I'm thinking about asking my girlfriend at the time to marry me. And I just feel this overwhelming conviction and I'm like, what is going on? And then I, I, I finally acknowledged that God was telling me that this was not the life he wanted me to live. And I said out loud, I said, God, if you're telling me that this is a life that you do not want me to live, then you know what? I'm going to pull one of these Bible passages out and I'm going to pick something really hard to do so that it doesn't happen so that I can keep living my life. That's really what I was kind of thinking. Right. And so I just read the story of Gideon. And so I was like, okay, all right, God, look, if you're telling me that homosexuality is wrong and this is not what you have for me or us, then fine, do these three things. And I know that it's you right? And Gideon did the same thing. You know, he said, do these things and I'll know that you're telling me to go do this. God did those three things within the, within the, the 24 hours. And the things that I asked for, for were things that would have never, ever happened ever in my life. It was so radical. It was so life-changing and it was like the blinders were immediately taken off of my eyes. We look at Corinthians, um, second Corinthians. And, uh, one of the passages says the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers from seeing the glorious light of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ. So we have this veil over our eyes, right? People are walking around blinded. Even Christians are walking around blinded to certain truths of the Bible. And in this moment in my life, it was like immediately those blinders were totally taken off. And I just saw, I saw his truth. I knew without a shadow of the doubt 
uh, that this was wrong, that God can deliver, that this was not the life that he had for me. And that change was so immediate that from one moment to the next, I looked at my girlfriend like she was my sister. That has never happened in my life ever, um, ever, ever. And so I just had compassion for her, like a sisterly compassion. And it was just absolutely nuts. So if you look at the celibate Christian, well, the person who believes um, in celibate Christianity because they believe that God cannot change um, your sexuality, which is not even your sexuality. It's what the enemy has put on us that we bought into. And so now we believe the lie, right? Um, God can totally, totally deliver and heal us from absolutely anything. He did it for me. He did it for hundreds of people that I have been encountering people who, who, um, who are now ex LGBTQ people who are following God, who are out there just letting the world know God can do this. God is love. God is life changing. And so basically taking the power, well, you can't take God's power, but believing that God's power in, in your life does not exist. I mean, then what is the Holy spirit for? You know, what is, what is God really doing if he can't show himself approved in our life? You know, um, I think that the scriptures are more than just words on a page to abide by. I think that they are living this is a living word. It is an active word. Um, there is a supernatural realm that's around us. And that's something that we don't even, ex- uh, acknowledge. So trying to take the power out of, of, um, out of the word of God, taking the, the, that type of power out of it, like it doesn't make sense. <sighs> it just doesn't make sense because it's saying that God is not who he really is. It's, it's twisting it. It's twisting it. And so if we even acknowledge the supernatural realm, which a lot of us don't, there's angels, there's demons, man, let me tell you something. The moment God delivered me, the enemy went on high alert. He, it was like, he got a memo and he was like, Jessica just got delivered. Um, we're going and I'm dispatching forces. You, uh, mess with her, her, her mind. I need for you and your crew to go and, and, and mess with her friends. Like all hell broke loose. And in the supernatural things started getting so weird. I have never really experienced stuff in the supernatural the way I did until God delivered me because the enemy does not want us to uncover the power of God in our life because it is the power of the living God that breaks the chains that that make blind eyes see right and so if the enemy can 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 put a veil over our eyes so that we don't acknowledge the power of God then he kind of has us um in this box where he could still manipulate and mess with us. Okay. Um, is there another one that I want to go over? A lot of the thought processes with celibate Christianity, um, tie into the reformed Christian as well. Um, 
So there's definitely that. Um, another one is here's one. Okay. Freedom from sin is progressive, not immediate. Yes and no. Now, if I was a celibate Christian and I said that statement, freedom from sin is progressive. It's not immediate. For me, and a lot of people like me, it's still kind of saying, well, God really can't do those immediate things that he's done in the Bible, right? Like it's, it's still taking the power out of God's word. I think that a lot of our efforts to be free from sin can be by works and not by following the Holy Spirit. So let's say I'm like, okay, I see in the Bible that homosexuality is wrong. I'm going to go to a therapist. Nothing wrong with that. I have seen therapists many times. It's healthy. But I think sometimes we try to walk out of sin with the hand via the way of holding the hand of man instead of holding the hand of God. So trying to turn from sin by following man-made ideas and wisdom versus the leading of the Holy Spirit, we might not get the results that we want. I tried to, in the past, turn from sin without the help of the Holy Spirit, okay, and it was the worst times of my life. That's when suicidal thoughts were at its peak, depression at its worst. And I was trying to live by works. I'm going to try to just not be gay for as long as possible. Let me go the whole day without being gay. Let me stop trying to think gay thoughts um, you know what I'm saying? And, and man, trying to do that without the Holy Spirit thinking that, okay, well, within time, this is, this is just, it's gonna, it's a process. It's gonna take a while within time, it'll change and, and, and things will get better. That is some of the hardest things to go through as a person struggling with any type of sin. And so we get a lot of people that just totally walk away from Christ because they were trying to do it by works instead of saying, I'm going to let go of my knowledge, my understanding, my wisdom, and God, do what you want. I don't even know, right? And then God says something crazy like, okay, well, just, you know, go to church and don't even think about it right now well, this is what I have to change, God. Like, isn't this the process to like get delivered? And isn't this the process? Like we, sometimes we try to find a formula and we can't look at other people's lives and say, that's the formula that I need, right? The Bible is the formula. Submit yourself to God, follow him, pick up your cross, 
right? Dive totally into him, relinquish your understanding, relinquish your, your, your knowledge and your wisdom, and he will guide you along the paths to everlasting life. He may not even touch homosexuality the first day, the first month, the first year. Our greatest sin is not homosexuality. We have blown that up to be the greatest sin ever committed when God's like, I just want to heal your heart right now. Can you let me in? Because what I need to do first is I need for you to trust me. So let's work on the trust issue. Forget trying to change everything else. Let's work on trust. Because if you don't trust me, how can I come in and change you? So never ever try to find a man-made formula or follow the formulas that you've seen from other people because God doesn't necessarily always work the same way every time. So in a way, within proper context that God can deliver, then yes, freedom from sin sometimes can be, sometimes can be progressive, not immediate. A lot of times, yeah, I'm going to say, I have noticed in my life, I'll speak for myself, that a lot of times it's progressive. Why? Because the flesh always wants to turn and go in an opposite direction. So there's stuff that's progressive because why? We fall, we get back up. We fall, we get back up. We struggle with our thoughts, we get back up, right? And it's a process. Some stuff is immediate. I thought that giving up smoking cigarettes was going to be so hard, right? And, and, and drinking, get, giving up alcohol was going to be so easy. Abusing alcohol, right? It was the other way around. And I thought, excuse me, I thought that that was so crazy. And so one day to the next, God hit both of those. Okay. Boom. Like delivered from smoking and drinking. I have not touched a cigarette. I smoked for at least 12 years. I was like 14. Okay. Um, I smoked for at least 12 years from one day to the next. I didn't, I don't have a desire to smoke. I don't, not at all, but drinking, right? That was a whole nother ball game. When I am at my worst and at my lowest, that's when that craving comes and it's like, Hey, Jessica, well, the Bible, doesn't the Bible say that, you know, technically it's not a sin to drink, but just don't get drunk. So you know what? You can have a drink. You can have two, you know, just be at home, have a couple of drinks and it's to relax. Who does that sound like? the devil himself. Come on. And so I would go back and forth between justifying doing what God told me not to do. So yes, God says that drinking in and of itself is not sin, but the Bible also says, Hey, if I tell you not to do something and you do it, then for you, it is sin. And so for me in my life, God knows that that's not what I need to do. Even one drink because he knows me. He knows that that door, that one drink will crack the door open to a multitude of sins because God knows where I am. He knows my weaknesses. He knows all that stuff. So he's like, you can't drink at all. And so that right there, that has been a process. I even would actually get to a place to where, you know, in college you like get super drunk and like, you know, a 12 pack and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I'm going to drink this evening, but it's like a 12 pack, right? It's a lot of alcohol. That was totally me. Okay. Growing up. And so I thought that I was 
better because I was like, okay, well, God, you know what? I'm just going to have one drink and you know what? It's okay. And I did. I could have one drink and I'm like, oh, wait, I could do this. This is fine. God, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm good. Sometimes I was good. Other times I started craving another or a couple days later, well, just uh, let's, uh, let's just have one drink again. It was like pulling, like the enemy was just slowly just pulling at me because a door was cracked and he's like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this so slow. She's not even going to realize before I have her in my grips again with alcohol. Right. And then I can cause her to sin in these other areas. All right. So when it comes down to freedom from sins being progressive, not always immediate, most definitely, but do not confuse that with, with, with thinking that God does not give us the power to be delivered from something because God has the power. He has the ability to change us from the inside out. And there's some stuff that is a process, but when he breaks those chains in our life, that is immediate. Walking it out may be a process. Okay. So don't neglect the power of God in your life. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Please rate and review. Leave me a review um, on my podcast. You could put in my name, Jessica Newsom. Check me out on the podcast. Um, on any platform, there are podcasts, okay? And check out my YouTube. Subscribe and share. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom.